The opinions and viewpoints expressed in .NET Rocks are not necessarily those of its sponsors or of Microsoft Corporation, its partners, or employees. .NET Rocks is a production of Franklin's Net, which is solely responsible for its content. Franklin's Net, training developers to work smarter. Hey Rockheads, quit aggregating your devices and listen up. It's time for another stellar episode of .NET Rocks, the internet audio talk show for .NET developers with Carl Franklin and Richard Campbell. This is Lawrence Ryan announcing show number 446 with guests Doug Turner and Joanna White, recorded live Tuesday, April 28, 2009. .NET Rocks is brought to you by Franklin's Net, training developers to work smarter. And now offering SharePoint 2007 video training with Sahil Malik on DVD, DNR TV style. Order your copy now at www.franklins.net. Support is also provided by Telerik, combining the best in Windows forms and ASP.NET controls with first-class customer service. Online at www.telerik.com. And by Grape City Data Dynamics. Makers of ActiveReports.net, simple, powerful, and cost-effective reporting for Windows Forms and ASP.NET web applications. Online at www.datadynamics.com. Support is also provided by Code Magazine, the leading independent magazine for .NET developers. Online at www.code-magazine.com. And now, the man whose grandfather started jogging in 1985... And they're still looking for him. Carl Franklin. Thank you very much. This is Carl Franklin. And this is Richard Campbell. We're sitting here at TechEd. We're kind of at the West Hall kind of quiet area Yeah, here. we're trying to be a little bit more quiet. Yeah, yeah. But uh, it's been a good week. There's not a lot of quiet spaces at TechEd, but this would be one of them. We don't really have any emails to read or better know frameworks to share, but uh, we just wanted to say hi from TechEd. It's going well. Yeah, and uh, we're starting to sound like we've been at TechEd a few days, too, don't we? Yeah, we're a little more low-key. Yeah, a couple of late nights. Yeah, and, well. Yeah, some good parties. But uh, Speaker Idol's going swimmingly well. And, um, well, I guess that's all we got to say. More to say, yeah. We'll be back to our regular scheduled programming next week. <laughs> Have a good one, folks. Let's uh, roll the recording of the uh, interview that we did last week. All right, Richard, let's uh, introduce our guests today, Doug Turnier and Johanna White. Johanna is a program manager of the Microsoft Ramp Up program, a free online learning program for developers. She started at Microsoft in mid-2007 after graduating from the Kellogg School of Management. Prior to that, Johanna was an IT consultant, first as a developer, and then later as a business analyst. She received her undergraduate degree in computer engineering from Johns Hopkins University. Johanna occasionally visits her friends and family on the U.S. East Coast, who still can't believe she's moved to Seattle and goes night snowboarding. We'll have to, we'll have to ask you about that. Sure. 
And Doug Turnier is a content architect with Microsoft Corporation focusing on developer technologies and improving standards for technical presentations at Microsoft. When not building out content, you might find him playing the role of a developer, author, trainer, and or occasional conference speaker. His specialties include branding, strategy, technical communication, and leadership, although he still enjoys anything pertaining to .NET. Prior to joining Microsoft, he spent five years as an instructor and course author with DevelopMentor and Agalos Incorporated. Doug is based in Atlanta, Georgia. Welcome, guys. Hello. Thank you. Ramp up. What the heck is that? Uh, it's a free online learning program for developers. Uh, we created it specifically for uh, those professional developers out there who are wanting to, you know, upgrade their technologies or perhaps learn some, some new cutting-edge technologies and apply that to their uh, work right away. So what does it entail? An online learning center? Videos? What, what do you got? It's got a lot sure. of cool stuff. Yeah. Um, we actually went with multiple media formats for it because we know a lot of people like to learn differently. Uh, so we try to represent different forms of learning from the more conceptual things with slides to the more pragmatic where you want to just see code written. Uh, we can drill into that further if you'd like. Yeah, sure. Now, you, you spend a lot of time helping people at Microsoft make more effective presentations? Yes, I do. Uh, or at least that's what I'm trying to do. <laughs> um, one year into it, it's been more about trying to discover how many people are building content there. There are uh, lots. <laughs> I quit when I got over 800. Um, I think we have five petabytes of information on our CorpNet. Um, so trying to just find out who built it and where they went was the first challenge. And then we're working on standardizing things from there. So there are presentations, there are videos, there's all sorts of media. There, the, the, There's a lot of media, uh, like like Doug's saying, there's a lot of media available on different sites within Microsoft for developers. And every once in a while, you sort of, they, they try to make one of them the center of the universe. And it's just impossible, isn't it? It's very difficult. Uh, a lot of this stuff grew up organically. And that's okay. That's a lot of times that's a better standard than decree. Uh, so having yeah. it sort of come up on its own is, is fine. Uh, we are reaching a point where we need to somewhat look for those common patterns uh, and begin some standardization. And for right. the most part, everybody's interested in that. Right. Because you have the code zone, you've got uh, channel nine, you've got, um, well, so even you, some would consider the MSDN documentation to be its own little island. It is. Yeah. yeah. And there's a sizable team that builds that. As I'm sure you would get. Yeah, and and what are some of the other ones that I'm just blanking out? But oh there's my. a whole bunch of sites. There's the VB goes to the movies. I haven't found that one yet. <laughs> yeah, there was a whole bunch of videos uh, just for Visual Basic. Um, I think it was 2008. Oh, I was thinking back to the VB TV. If you remember that one. Oh, there was VB. Yeah, well, that was <laughs> that was in a class by itself. <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> So, so tell us a little bit more about the kind of content you'd find at Ramp Up, and what, what's the website, by the way? Go ahead, Johanna. Oh, sure. Uh, the website is myrampup.com, and um, 
we actually have just updated the design, so it's kind of cool looking right now. Um, and you can check back there for any new updates. We're actually going to be launching a couple, actually four, right, Doug? Four new tracks in the next month. So, um, so stay tuned. They are uh, a mobile track that we have coming up and, uh, and three ASP.net tracks. I don't know. Doug, did you want to kind of go into more detail on those? Sure, I can. Um, the three ASP.net tracks that we're building, I guess tracks is the right word for it. Um, we have different audiences that want to learn ASP.net. And based on what your background is, there's a different set of things you would want to know and different comparative learning pieces. So we have one course that targets PHP developers that would like to learn ASP.NET. And we do things like, here's how you did a comment in PHP. Here's how you do one in ASP.NET. So it's it's a comparative form of learning. Um, then we have another track that we're about to launch, which is for ASP developers. So it looks at things from the ASP scripting world and the COM world and how that moves forward into ASP.NET. And then we did a third track for people who have no web background. Uh, so we start with, you know, request response, HTTP, and work our way up from there. Interesting. Yeah, that's that's a, a great way to address everybody because, you know, that's the problem with training is that it's geared toward the majority. You know, whatever the majority is, wherever they came from, intends to exclude anybody else who's sort of at the fringe. Right. And um, a lot of the courses do overlap. Uh, but what we're trying to do is create starting points where we can get everybody pointed in the same direction and then take it from there. Now, these are courses that um, I'm, I'm going and looking up, and, and you, I haven't signed up for one. But when you sign up for a course, what does that mean exactly? What, 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 kind of, what, what am I actually doing? Uh, you want to take that, Johanna? Oh, sure. Um, well, it basically just gives you free access to the entire site. And really, if you already have a, a live ID or a passport account, you can just use that login, and it'll just get you that access. So that's really that's really what. Uh, well, what do what I that... get? You know, what what happens after I sign up? What do I read through something? Do I see a presentation? What do I see? Oh, sure. Sorry, I misunderstood the question. So that's a, you get fun. lots of stuff. Um, so, for example, uh, let's say you were to sign up for we've got a Visual Studio 2008 track. So you, basically, you log in. And it'll the 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 next screen that you show after you log in will be this uh, track of levels, and that's that's kind of why we've been calling it a track. I guess probably should have explained it a little bit, but basically it takes you from sort of the beginning of where you need to start, so some very introductory material, and then it kind of guides you along this guided path scenario where the levels are um, they make sense in the order that they're presented and at the end of the five to seven steps let's say you have that intermediate knowledge of the topic in the track that you've just taken so I get to this page that says my learning and this is uh, uh, Microsoft learning the learning manager hmm. and then I see uh, you know, a whole bunch of courses, like there's a bunch of clinics, Introduction to Enhancements in Microsoft Office Communication Server 2007 R2, for example. So there's... So, an, so you found a feature. Um, if you can go back to the... Uh, so you've logged in already, I'm guessing. Yeah, right? I'm, I'm logged in and I went through the, uh, you know, make sure I update my information. And, oh, yeah. Uh, now I'm actually looking at a particular course. And okay. I'm, and I'm okay, hitting so the you... Begin button. What's going to happen? 
you're going to be presented with this lovely material in multiple media formats, and you'll be able to choose the format that you like the best and learn in that format. The tracks are divided into individual topics, and each topic we represent uh, in the format of slides because a lot of people are conceptual learners Mm -hmm. and they want to learn the concepts rather than the syntax. You know, your architects don't really care about a syntax, but they want to understand what's going on. Then you have your folks that are really heads down and aren't really interested in slides. So we have a format that uh, we call a code cast. Uh, that's a made-up word officially, but it's teaching from the code perspective so that we never have to sit and look at slides. They just say, show me the syntax. Let me see you know, what's going on. I learned from the ground up. Uh, sorry? No, that was me unmuting the uh, lesson. So it's, it is actually talking to me and showing me some very cool graphics. And at the same time, I've got uh, a transcript rolling. This is really good stuff, I got to tell you. Cool. Um, we also, uh, there's a couple of other formats I want to mention as well. Um, we have a lab format because some people just say, I want to do it myself. And we offer both a virtual and a hands-on, depending on what the topic is. Uh, for the virtual lab, you actually log into a, it's almost like a remote PC and you're working through a browser window. And then we have a downloadable lab. Uh, we also offer an article because some people would prefer to read. So you can think of the learning options like, you know, learning conceptually, see it coded, try it out yourself, read about it. Uh, we're putting together a podcast version so you can do a listen to it. Uh, but whatever way you enjoy learning, you can take the entire course with that format. Okay. I think, uh, I think Richard just told me that I, I might have ended up outside of, uh, outside of ramp up somehow. Well, we do, uh, share infrastructure with MS Learning. Okay, and so that's so what that is. Yeah, I get it. So I so now I'm into the um, the SharePoint uh, 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 Microsoft Office SharePoint for developers part one. That mm-hmm. is part of Ramp Up, right? Yes, it is. I got it. So there's an article, an introduction to web parts. There's a slide cast. There's a code cast, and then there are virtual labs. Yes, that's, that's that's what we're looking at. And that's the same stuff in all four. It's just the format that you enjoy learning it. You'll learn the same things regardless of which of those four you choose. I got it. This is a ton of of curriculum, and I like the approach that you you say, are are you a VB6 developer? Here's how you get into .NET. Or or there's even one for a Java developer as well. So it's very much letting the the student self-identify and then giving them a path uh, to where they may want to go. That's correct. Yeah, we're looking at a couple of things like that. Um, we like trying to meet the developer where they are and just carry them forward to where they want to go. Um, we also like the idea of a solution-based track. As a matter of fact, for the content next year, one of the things I'd like to try and include is a solution-focused track, which would be, for example, I've never done a blog before with ASP.NET, and so maybe the six or seven modules take you down the steps of building a blog on ASP.NET, something like that. Yeah, I love the project-based approach as well. I, I just find that most of the Microsoft learning stuff is is very technology-centric, which is good if you've got the mission of go figure out WCF. But often, you know, they, that presumes a certain amount of core knowledge. You, you've got to be in a place to be able to consume that. Right. Yeah, one of the things Johanna's done is the whole guided path learning. We'd like to be able to be very flexible uh, 
uh, both for where people are coming from and where they're headed to. Um, and so we're trying to solve that. Honestly, it's, it's not an easy problem to solve. Um, there's a reason that there's not a whole lot of good content around there like that. Uh, part of our team at Microsoft, our team is called TAGM, Technical Audience Global Marketing. And one of the things that we try to do is just understand our audience, which for Johanna and I, that's the developer audience. And so we try to understand what is it they're looking for, what are their styles of learning, what could we do to better fit what they want. Well, I feel like we've sort of leaped into the center here of this interesting challenge of how developers learn more mm. or how people even become a developer. You're really brave here that you have one that's actually like the fundamentals of development or developer basics. You tell me you want to take a, a normal mortal and, and start teaching them development? Sure. <laughs> I, I, you know, it's a nice challenge. I mean, uh, I don't know what, uh, you know, I don't remember what all you guys' background is going way back. I know in uh, 1990, somebody asked me to do something on a computer, and my response was, I don't do computers. So uh, <laughs> we all came into this cold at one point. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's very hard for me to remember. It's extremely long time ago. <laughs> I learned a lot hanging in, in tech support, hanging out with developers in a bar after work, just asking questions. There's tremendous education takes place in, in uh venues like that yeah they're really especially if they're willing to share you know and uh that that experience really inspired me um to to be like that with other people developers who wanted to learn mm -hmm. but uh you know you were talking about effective presentations and I, i'd like to hear your sort of checklist you know there's uh there's some tried and true techniques that people fail to adhere to over and over again when doing presentations, probably the most fundamental one I can think of, and see if you agree with this, is uh, that it's very difficult for people to read and listen at the same time. Yes, I, I get so frustrated um, at busy slides and outline slides. Yeah. Um, a lot of people have read the uh, Presentations In book. I'm a big fan of that book and, uh, and the style that when you're doing a presentation, Really, the, the slide is there for about a two-second visual cue, at which point they should turn to you and let you tell your story. Um, if you put what you're going to say in the slide, uh, you actually draw them away from you because they begin reading, and uh, you right. actually distract them from what you're trying to say. And they can do neither effectively. They can't read effectively because they're distracted by your, by your voice, and they can't hear you because they're distracted by the words. Absolutely. So you end up canceling... Uh, canceling out yes yeah. Yeah. it's and cognitive dissonance is what it is that's right that's the term for it <laughs> yeah we have the uh issue of we have traditionally used slides as the uh venue of, of handing off the talk from one person to another um in reality the slides were never meant to be a leave behind slides were meant to be the visual cues uh, we have another product that's really good for leave behind it's uh word and uh, Word <laughs> right. Word makes these great <laughs> things that you can print out and hand to people documents. later. Documents, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's <a> wonderful concept. <laughs> this advanced technique is called writing. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, one of the real challenges I have uh, within corporate, and, and Johanna is helping me with this as well, is um, convincing the folks who do the presentations to put a story in the bottom of the slides. 
because they already know the story they're going to tell. But when you hand the slides off to someone, they don't know the story. And so right. I ask at least, you know, give us good speaker notes so that someone can understand what's, you know, what story accompanies this visual cue. Well, yeah, I've also described it this way. If there if there are words on the screen and words coming out of your mouth, that's cognitive dissonance. You have to have words in one place and pictures in another. So you have a choice between putting pictures on the screen and having words coming out of your mouth or putting words on the screen and doing interpretive dance. <laughs> oh, Doug, we should try that next time. <laughs> what do you mean by we? Who's we? <laughs> I don't know that any interpretive dance by me was going to help this situation. Mean, you should try it, Johanna. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'll only be there in a supervisory capacity. I can teach him. <laughs> and then Doug can Oh, man. That is a bad visual. Bad visual. Sorry, guys. Oh, my burning eyes. <laughs> This portion of .NET Rocks is brought to you by our good friends at Telerik, who bring you this message. One of the drawbacks of using third-party tools is that you have to deal with numerous vendors, so say goodbye to consistent quality and service level. Fortunately, that's not always the case. Our friends at Telerik, for example, are a true one-stop shop for .NET. They recently rolled out their Q1 release, which is just packed with good stuff. Start with Silverlight, an incredible grid, chart, editor, and everything else. A whole suite. A 3D chart, yes, 3D in Silverlight, is coming soon as well. The traditionally strong ASP.NET Ajax suite got even cooler. New controls, Visual Studio extensions for quick project kickstarts, new examples and skins, you name it. And how about web testing? Yep, Telerik is now offering a powerful solution for automated testing of modern Ajax applications. It's called Web UI Test Studio and is developed in partnership with Art of Test. Then comes reporting, WPF, WinForms, but I'm running out of time. So just go to www.telerik.com, T-E-L-E-R-I-K.com and be amazed. And hey, don't forget to thank them for supporting .NET Rocks. You know, the, the, uh, the Lawrence Lessig sort of approach of like one word on the slide, the w- word now becomes an image or a symbol rather than the, it's not the word. So you can then give words from there. But when you, you know, when you put a bibliography up on a slide deck, you're doomed. We really got to get David Byrne on the show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. I believe that can go too far. I, I don't mind it. I've seen the uh, presentations where they put the one word, the all black with the white word. And yeah, I can live with that. I actually, uh, I'm a fan of motion on a slide if it's done well. Now, it's usually not done well, yes. but I, I like a little bit of visual cueing uh, to take me through a slide. And um, and when you look at the slides on the ramp up course, we're not there yet in terms of all that. I'm, we're not putting all that into play yet. Um, we're headed in that direction, but we're not there yet. Guys, check out shrinkster.com slash 16CQ. CQ, CQ, like ham radio. 16CQ. That's David Byrne really does love PowerPoint. And check out some of this stuff. He's nuts, by the way, but I I love it. (laughs) What was that? 16CQ, CQ? Just 16CQ. Shrinkster.com slash 16CQ. It, it, you'll have to read it. It's good. I'll add a link but, to it on the page. Yeah, it's And it's just a great article about 
using PowerPoint properly? Because there's an awful lot of folks out there. I mean, they're banning PowerPoint from organizations. Apparently, it's a huge deal inside the Department of Defense these days that PowerPoint has just become a plague, and they and they have to just banish it entirely. And it's disappointing because PowerPoint isn't the problem. It's the misuse of it. Absolutely. It's just ways of coming up with doing useful useful presentations with it. Uh, and this all comes back to the same basic theme, which I guess ramp-ups about it so far, which is how to teach successfully. How do you communicate successfully new ideas uh, to typically to a developer audience? Mm. Especially technical details. I mean, yeah. I, I loved what was going on there with um, some of those videos on Microsoft Learning where there are animations of illustrating points as the talking is going on. And I think that really, really works because you can watch an animation and and listen at the same time. But it's when you read you you have it's like uh, schizophrenia. You know, you have it's like multiple personalities. You have two conversations going on in your head at the same time. Yeah, I was other- a fan of Alan Cooper and the way he did this. Um, that's probably the first person I saw present in that fashion. The other thing that that. Doug and I were, were kind of thinking about doing, and this is a little bit sort of uh, looking into the future right now, but another great piece of learning is once you sort of learn the theory and you've seen somebody else code it, to go ahead and see sort of the finished product. So we want to be able to link to, you know, examples of applications that have used those very concepts that we're teaching. And then the next thing would be, you know, try it yourself. Try it yourself and then talk to the community about sort of what problems you may have experienced. Um, have you found an easier way or a better way of doing something? And really sort of giving back to the community and actually using those concepts that you've, uh, that you've learned in, in, uh, in the courses. So, so that's sort of another way that we're, um, in the future going to be building in some of these items. Oh, and I was looking at your authors for Ramp Up. Uh, this reads like a list of uh, .NET Rocks uh, guests. Dino Esposito, yeah. uh, um, Charles Petzold, Mark Dunn. Yep. Yeah, we made most of those up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, some really talented guys who... Uh, uh, I, I, Talented folks that have really done uh, a lot in the way of teaching people to uh, to build uh, software. Yeah, and the nice thing is these folks are already building a lot of this content out there. Um, so, you know, some of the courses, we will try to do some aggregation. If something's already out there, there's no need to rewrite it. What are some of the courses and the tracks that are available? I mean, we, we touched on a couple of them, but could, do you have a list? Sure. Um we have the SharePoint Part 1 and Part 2, uh, which we've already put out uh, in this new multiple media format. Um, we're about to roll out a Develop Mobile Applications with Visual Studio 2008 course, which will be obviously mobility. Uh, we've got the three web courses. We are working on a SQL-focused course that will target developers. Um, and Johanna, I cannot think of the other ones that are up there. Can you help me? Oh, sure. Um, there's a Visual Studio 2008 track. Um, let's see, that there's one for the Java developer to learn .NET. There's a developer basics course, which can be used one of two ways. Uh, if you're sort of new to development, you're welcome to kind of use that. It's about 40, 40 to 50 hours of free learning. Or, you know, if you are 
a professional developer and you kind of want to refresh those uh, introductory skills, you can go ahead and take that course as well or whatever pieces uh, fit. And then there's a VS 2002-2003 developer to learn VS 05. It's great, great. He was a little bit old. And then uh, for VB 6 developers, learn VB 05. That actually brings up a good point. Um, you know, one of the things we've been guilty of at Microsoft is always staying at the very forefront. And it's almost like as soon as something ships, we walk away from it and start yeah. you know, talking about the next thing. So one of the cool things Johanna did with this uh, is we're not taking down the 2005 course because there are a lot of people that are migrating to 2005, and it it's not easy to find content on that. Well, same thing with folks that are still on VB6. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we're looking at not just, you know, this this ASP.NET um, set of courses that we're rolling out. We did a section on uh, what is a master page. You know, a lot of us learned that five years ago. But people that were not doing ASP.NET, you know, you know what it's like. You, you start working on a project, you go heads down, and nine months later, two or three things have already shipped, and you don't even yes, know what yeah, they are. Right. So. I have an entire VBNet masterclass in VB2005 on video that I'm not doing anything with just because I don't think there's anybody who's interested in it. So, Do you track the hits against no, it? No, I don't have it. It's not online. I have oh. it, but, I don't, but it's not online. You should put it online and see how many people bump onto yeah, it. Now I'm thinking I might. Yeah, yeah. I'm also thinking about what it would be like to teach a VB6 developer to go directly to Studio 2008 in the Framework 3.5 SP1. Or 2010, for that matter. Yeah. Just just because there's a lot of bumps along the way. I, I would yeah. argue, I think it's easier now than it's ever been. You're probably right, Richard. It is. There are so many foundational concepts. You know, somebody coming from the VB6 world, um, we need to teach them about constructors. Right. Um, inheritance. You know, things that that they will not have seen yet. But also not having to teach them some of, you know, you think about framework one and 1.1, things were rougher then. You had to do harder, you had to work harder to get, to get certain things done that have now been made much easier. What if you could just jump from VB6 into the concepts of generics and link? You know, sure, you have to still see fundamentals, but you don't have to go through the path of all of the earlier incarnations of ADO.net. Yeah, that is true. And technology, you know, as it grows over time, we tend to do more and more abstraction. And it's interesting, uh, some of the valuable lessons don't feel as valuable if you step into a solved problem. Right. Yeah, so you, you, you have to find, uh, you know, what's why things are the way they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I was a, a big VB6 developer, and my C++ brethren, you know, would always be very frustrated at me because I never encountered so many of the issues they faced on a regular right. basis. Yeah, yeah. Until you've frozen your machine so hard that you actually have to pull the plug out of the wall to get it back, you're not a real developer. <laughs> <laughs> we used to say, if you're not rebooting 10 times a day, you're not working hard enough. But come yeah. to think of it, that was back in the days of Windows 95. Yeah, but we were, when we were programming Windows 3.1, we were programming as the MFC, and that's all there was. Yeah. Well, there was the OWL. Your, your debug cycle, yeah, but your debug cycle was hard freezing Windows. That's right. That's, You're that's right, just, man. That, that's what it was. And, and, you know, that was the breakthrough of Visual Basic was finally protecting us from smashing Windows repeatedly. That's the original message box, I guess, the frozen uh, UI. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. And, and the, and the blue screen, you know, back when everybody knew how to read a blue screen because that's how you debugged your app. <laughs> oh man, you're taking me back. I am back yeah, in giving the good my, old bad old days. Uh, giving myself chills here. Uh, <laughs> Let, let me just throw something out here that I know li- – I think some listeners th- certainly think this way. But a lot of developers do, which is you can't teach me anything unless you're showing me the code. Uh, and I think that's – you know, we always have this battle on .NET Rocks where people like being able to listen to a podcast, you know, while they're driving and so forth. But DNR TV gets this huge traction because we show the code. Yeah, and that's why we wanted to make sure there was an option uh, for people who – you know, all they want to see is the code. There are a lot. There people learn differently. You know, people learn bottoms up and tops down. Right. And um, so we we actually wanted to make it where they could just do code and not miss anything. Um, so that was one of the focuses of fo- focuses or foci of the uh, <laughs> emphasises. That didn't help any either. <laughs> yeah. Emphasize. Thank you. I I find it interesting that. I'm certainly the guy who can go over sort of the theoretical ideas around a particular project and then go to the code and see how it fits together. But in my experience in teaching, there's plenty of folks where I had to teach code for a day and then back up into, now, why did we do it this way? Let's go through the theoretical principles here. Yeah, I, I found when I used to take courses, I was a terrible student because as soon as the first concept was thrown out, I would open a code window and... Yeah fidget with it and miss the entire balance of the lecture. Right. Um, just because I wanted to, I needed to see the syntax. Instant gratification. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, I, I've also watched, you know, you as a, as a instructor, I think you've done a good job when at least a majority of the class suddenly wants to get to the code. They're now inspired. They have ideas. Yeah. I think good curriculum responds to that too. That's true. Um, there's an actionable balance there. So, Doug, I'm interested in some more of your uh, presentation guidelines and tips, the things that you tell people at Microsoft, the things that you tell other people who are interested in doing effective presentations. Uh, do you want the uh, off-the-cuff ones? or <laughs> Whatever you, know, you I, got. Well, there's, there's, of course, you, you know, you can always change slides, and that gives you two seconds of invisibility, right? Uh, <laughs> uh, if your nose itches, you can always uh, just change slides. You know, <laughs> there's those kind of tips, but then there's uh, probably the more interesting ones. Um, we've, we've covered some of them, which is, you know, don't make your slides too busy. Um, one thing that presenters do sometimes that puts their audience off is uh, they do too many crescendos. Um, a, a good talk tells a half a dozen stories. And as you tell those stories, you need to work towards a crescendo and sort of give a, a payoff. Um, solve a problem within the problem. Um, if you've ever been, you know, with one of those presenters that every slide has its own crescendo and you're just worn out halfway through the talk, um, there are people that enjoy that, but, uh, there are sometimes I, I just feel exhausted at the end of a talk by some speakers because, you know, you have to learn when it's time to hit a home run and when it's time to hit a single, um, you know, and set up for later. Yeah, but I also think that, I mean, certainly when we're talking about conference sessions, I'm hoping to get a point across, you know, because generally it's that this is, this technology is worth looking at in more detail because you can't teach someone to use a technology in an hour. That's right. Yep. Yeah. 
styles of learning, uh, when you talk about styles of learning, a presentation is a terrible way to learn something. Yeah, um, right. Presentations are more survey-level knowledge. Um, or you're learning get, about. Yeah. You're going to learn something uh, much more deeply when you have to make decisions based on what you've learned, which is what labs do for you. Labs force you then to decide um you know, based on what you've done. One of the things we're trying to do actually with the ramp-up program uh, is add the, uh, what's it called, Johanna, the, uh, at the end of it. <laughs> um, posting a solution part, another level no, to each. The, the, uh, the questions at the end. Oh, the assessments. Thank you. Uh, such, a, such a tough industry logo term there. Yeah. The assessments. <laughs> yeah, we want to basically force uh, the learners to make some decisions based on what they've just heard. Um you know, if you move from sort of the read-only to the read-write model, then all of a sudden uh, the ideas begin to stick. Um, at a conference, it's very hard to do that, um, which is why we say it's it's survey-level learning. Right. Yeah, and, and again, all you're hoping for is a little inspiration. Uh, the whole assessments equation, This I'm going to open a can of worms here because we're, we're stumbling bit by bit towards this. I mean, ramp-up ties into uh, as... Uh, Carl encountered the fact that you can get into the whole learning plan system, part of Microsoft's uh, learning area. And those, but those classes or that curriculum tends to be oriented around an exam. And that gets us to right in square into Microsoft certification on technology. Uh, where do you, where does Tagum, are you guys involved in that side of this? Is a totally separate group of Microsoft. Um, MS learning is part, actually now it's part of our corporate evangelism team. That's a recent uh, change. But um, they're more, I mean, they're an education-focused group, and they do work towards things like certifications and overall learning. Um, what we're doing with Ramp Up is, is not so much going for the single piece. Um, it's, it's more about trying to drive home uh, a couple of primary points from what you just sat through. Um, so it's, I would say it's probably not as centrally focused. Um, a little more tactical, maybe a little less strategic, but still trying to drive home the tenets that you picked up. Right. I mean, I mean, I would think that that the Microsoft learning stuff, because it's oriented on exam, is very tactical. Here are the things you need to know essentially to pass an exam. Where you guys are thinking much more strategically of as a VB6 developer learning VB2005. What do I need to know? Yeah, we're trying to be very actionable. Uh, we want the people to walk away from the learning and immediately be able to put their hands to the keyboard and use what they've just heard. And, of course, my concern is that I keep bumping into folks who've managed to pass these exams but can't actually write code. Mm, it's an old problem. Indeed. Uh, there were several companies that sprang up uh, that were uh, the goal was exam passing. Right. And they were valuable, uh, but it was exam passing. Well, and it undermines, I think, the intent of certification, which is, and this is a problem industry-wide. This this industry that we're in doesn't have a good measure of people's competence. You're right. Uh, and, it, you know, there are things that are very difficult to quantify, uh, and that would be one of them. How do you quantify competent? Um, yeah. It's a challenge. Well, it, it, it's just a tough description, and, and what, you know, I, my favorite interviewing technique has been bring me your favorite piece of code because it speaks volumes of what the developer is motivated by to look to say, well, why is this your favorite? What is it about it that you really like? You know, was it the most difficult one to write? Is it the most elegant one? Does it do the coolest thing? Like what motivates you? And it, and I think that speaks much more to competence than, than any certification exam. 
Yeah, I, I would agree with that. My interview questions used to be really hard. I used to enjoy, you know, tell me the threading models in .NET and explain why you would use one over the other. Um, I've found now when I get to do a technical interview, I'll say, what is .NET? And I love to hear someone try to expound on that and, uh, you know, give, give me the words, you know, paint the picture for me. What is .NET? Wow. Yeah, that's a, I, that, that's a bomb of a question, too, just because it can go in so many directions. Right. You know, and I ask open-ended, you know, what is .NET? Um, is, is Microsoft secure? You know, these are very open-ended. And because, you know, the art of explaining things is a skill. And yeah. uh, I love to see someone take an abstract thought and, and bring it to a concrete solution. And these are all, and these are really techniques we're trying to develop to figure out this competency question. Right. I, I struggle with, and I get asked this question fairly often about, what is it going to take for our industry to get over this? Like just get to a, a point of maturity where there is a certification that does ultimately represent competency. Yeah, and, and it's probably going to be a series of steps. Um, I do think the ramp-up program is is a good step in that sense. Um, we're trying to be, move from the higher level to the more actionable things, but it's it's going to be a process. You know, industries mature um, over time. And we're just getting to that point of, of commoditization, you know, around technology transfer. Well, I also think we're getting to a point now where they, there's a maturity in the market in the sense that this is the hobbyist seems to be disappearing. Yeah, I would agree with that. And, and that also, to me, seems like, the, you know, like there's no hobby bridge builders anymore. <laughs> were there ever hobby bridge builders? I absolutely believe that there was a time when there were people who did built bridges because they thought it was cool. But let me use a better metaphor. There's no hobbyist car manufacturers anymore. You know, the vast majority of cars are built by very carefully uh, planned groups of engineering, and and that's what we want. We want cars that just work. We're not all that excited about the innovativeness of our cars. I would agree with that. Um that's the whole, you know, turnkey commoditization uh, that happens. Any technology, any thing like this has a window uh, under which it goes from a more novel to a more templated um, path. And we're just going down that road in terms of learning and, and certification in those things. Yeah, I'm I'm frustrated. I, I hope I'm hoping to be part of an industry that is actually mature, like say engineering disciplines. Uh, but I don't know if it's going to happen before uh, before I'm retired. So, guys, what else do you envision going up on this site? Is you're nowhere near done? I take it. No, there's lots of there are lots of plans we have moving forward. Um, so, Doug mentioned some of the the tracks that we're going to be putting up in the next month, and we're really excited about those. I think those will be great and exactly what sort of the audience is looking for. Um, the other part of it was uh, the assessments, or they're actually quizzes, and um, there are, uh, to get into a little bit more detail with those, there are two sort of uh, uh, reasons why we're putting them in. The first is going to be sort of in, embedded in the tracks, so it's sort of like a, a self-assessment, self-check kind of thing to make sure that, you know, you sort of understand some of the larger questions. And then there will be quizzes at the end that will be sort of the hurdle for the graduation award or graduation reward, I guess it is, as well as um, a proof point. 
So that was another thing that that we're hearing from developers, you know, on the forums and when we talk to them about the program, it's uh it's you know, so so once I've gone through this track and once I've, you know, learned how to uh develop in SharePoint, how am I gonna prove this to my boss? So we are trying to build that into the program as sort of um say maybe an intermediate place between um maybe not having that knowledge about that topic and having uh, an expert knowledge about the topic, which would be sort of at the opposite end of the spectrum in certification. So being sort of in the sitting in the middle of that and um, saying that you you know you've passed this heavier test, you now have this knowledge about SharePoint development, and um, that can be something that you can publicize, potentially put on your resume, that type of thing. So that's something that we envision putting into the into the program in the future as well. Yeah. Doug, am I missing anything? No, it's it's just uh, if you can't tell from the way we're both answering, it's we're not real sure what we want to do with that. Again, uh, this is a problem that, as you guys are pointing out, no one has effectively solved. Right. Um, we have a few markers to work against, things like certification, uh, things like you know the assessments that we have now. And uh, it's one of the things that Johanna and I have, have looked at. You know, are we going to partner with learning and try to do something as an intermediary level? And the truth is, we're not sure yet. Um, we actually have forums on the ramp up site, and you know, if, if anybody out there wants to throw up suggestions to us, we'd we'd love to see them. Um, we do sit and read those things and, and see what people want. I will add one more thing uh, in the future, and uh, this might be another can of worms. I would love to come up with a way for there to be some community contribution to this. And I don't know exactly what that would look like, um, how do you vet material, but it's somewhere I'd like to see it go. I'd like to see it take off on the strength of, of you know community input. Yeah, indeed. Maybe even if it's just uh, for a sort of a forum kind of thing or leaving comments about videos or yeah. courses. Yeah. On the presentation side of things, I know one of my big hopes uh, in the next year is to have a public-facing area where we put presentation content so that anyone can go out and take a presentation and it will have the story baked in with it. So it would have a zip of the code in a before and after state, um, steps to set up and execute the demos, uh, the full story baked into the PowerPoint slides so that, you know, maybe a user group, anyone who wants to get into speaking, you know, could get to that point. Um, That's somewhere we would like to go eventually with it. Yeah, you know, an interesting bit of this would be actually putting together a set of videos around doing technical presentations. We thought about that. Actually, um, we did a ramp-up talk um, at the MVP Summit, and the MVPs were interested in that kind of thing. Um, And we're still kicking the idea around, actually. Don't know what that would look like or where that would live, but it is something we're looking at. It creates the challenge of whatever presentation you do of that has to be a manifestation of the correct method. Yeah, it does. Um, the quality capture is, again, one of those really difficult things to quantify. Yeah, well, you, and you got the same problem with the whole slide deck thing of you got to make a slide deck that fits the model where you're teaching people to use slides differently. Yes. Yes, that's a complex problem. <laughs> Well, guys, uh, we're just about down the end of the, the end of the show. Is there anything we missed? Um, I'm going to go ahead and repeat the URL again. Uh, it's uh, 
MyRampUp.com, and um, please do check back frequently as we will be launching those four new tracks in the next month or so. Uh, we're really excited about the program, and again, it is all free. Guys, and I would say give us suggestions for more material. Absolutely. Email us. The Ramp Up Feedback um, email address is on there, and it goes right to Doug and I, so we would love to hear any suggestions you all have. Excellent. Thanks, guys. Doug, Johanna. It's a lot of fun to do one of these. I've listened to so many of them. It's kind of fun to be on the other side for once. Well, it's good to have you on. <laughs> Thanks, guys. And definitely keep us in the loop and let us know next time uh, there's something to announce. We'll we will do that. Back. Great. Thank All you right. so much. You're welcome. And thank you for listening. Uh-huh. We'll see you next time on .NET Rocks. .NET Rocks is recorded and produced by Pwop Productions, providing professional audio, audio mastering, video, post-production, and podcasting services. Online at www.pwop.com. .NET Rocks is a production of Franklin's Net, training developers to work smarter and offering custom on-site classes in Microsoft development technology with expert developers. Online at www.franklins.net. For more .NET Rocks episodes and to subscribe to the podcast feeds, go to our website at www.dotnetrocks.com. Got a transmitter band.